my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brewer Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope everyone is having an absolutely fantastic day today, as always. And if you need anything, you know where to get a hold of us, healthmasters.com, with the top-tier supplements in the entire world at HealthMasters. The product of the week, y'all voted in it one, the B-Complex Formula, incredible product on sale right now for over 11% off is product of the week. Be sure to check that out. And also, too, we have the Maximum Energy Kit on sale uh, at the top of the list on the website at healthmasters.com, so be sure to check that out. Also, and one of the first things that I saw here, you know, and I was talking earlier, um, I think it was last week about some of the different medications that we've seen having more and more problems. And now we're seeing a report now with the long-term ADHD medication that may actually be increasing heart disease risk on a new study. The new study indicates that long-term use of ADD medication may increase the risk of developing cardiovascular disease and that the risk increases the longer the drug is used. What's interesting about this is we have talked about it before because so many kids, children ages 3 to 17, they're saying about 6 million kids ages 3 to 17 have been diagnosed with ADHD and they're put on multiple types of different drugs. In some cases, some that are very, very um, dangerous, very addictive, a lot of those being Adderall. And these kids don't understand and the parents don't understand the long-term risk. The study confirms previous research that indicated patients taking stimulant ADHD medication, such as Ritalin or Adderall, are at much higher risk of developing cardiovascular disease than those taking non-stimulant ADHD medication. The reason for the development is likely because the stimulants in the drugs are known to elevate blood pressure, arouse the nervous system, and make the heart work harder. And you got to remember, when you're dealing with stuff like Adderall, which is a Schedule II controlled drug, it's an amphetamine. And these kids, some of these kids, single-digit age children on drugs like Adderall, they're taking amphetamines for years on end, and they're showing now that these drugs are directly linking to cardiovascular disease as these children continue to get older in their teenage years and their adult years. And not only that, these drugs are very addictive. And this is why I've talked in detail about the different supplementation aspects with young children that are very effective, including the DHA, cod liver oil that we have, along with the ultimate multiple chewable that's incredibly good tasting and adults can take it as well. And also to making sure you're checking their diet, keeping them off the red 40, keeping them off the high fructose corn syrup, making sure that they're not getting a lot of these really toxic compounds that are directly linked to hyperactive disorders and making sure, you know, man, for, for when you go in the PD, like the pediatrician's office and they start pushing these drugs on you and your kids or specifically on your kids, make sure you're doing your research on them. Always ask questions. And before you start giving them to your kids, make sure you're doing the research and really looking at what these drugs do and the side effects that can be really, really deadly. Now they're showing with this research study. So be sure to do your research on this. I'll put the uh, link on the website at healthmasters.com. You guys can go in and read it and research it, but also be very, very cautious with these drugs because these kids, they're getting addicted to them. And the longer that they're on them, it's causing significant health problems. What do you think, Dad? What I've learned over the years is this, you know, when I was doing the seminars way back when, uh, you know, the big ones, 20, 30,000 people, you know, in attendance. Uh, what I found was this, the, you know, vast majority of the people at that point 
you couldn't talk to them about vaccines often at all. They wouldn't do it. They they just get mad. Uh, this is back in the 90s because they don't want to believe that, you know, so much of the autism is being caused by the vaccinations. But they would want to talk about the ADD and the ADHD. And that's why I wrote a book on it, uh, because what happened is they finally started to realize that Ritalin was a Schedule II drug in the same category with morphine and, you know, Percodan and all the rest of the stuff and the opiates. And I'd ask them the question at the seminars, you know, why in the world would you put little Johnny on morphine to calm him down? You know, rather than trying a dietary change, like getting rid of the red dyes and the blue dyes. And they all looked at me kind of funny, like, you know, why didn't we think about that? And that's the first go-to thing they do is they use these methylphenidate drugs, which basically are the same as taking meth. I was speaking to a lady just the other day, and she was taking, you know, the different compounds of Ritalin and all that when she was a kid. And she went into the doctor's office one day, and he asked her why she was on meth or how long she'd been on meth. She tested positive for it. And, and, you know, people don't realize that these drugs are one of the top 10 drugs slated for pharmaceutical theft. And people grind this junk up and they store it up their noses. Now, this is a bad pro- these are bad products, and that's why they're so tightly regulated by the Food and Drug Administration. That's why every so often they'll run out of them because they can't make enough of them to basically they can go past a certain amount of limits that are regulated by the FDA. And these kids are on them for years, sometimes 10, 15 years. And the sad part about that is I know that if I'd have been a child, you know, with a high IQ in school and, you know, I was always, you know, active and talking, et cetera, like kids are supposed to do. And the teachers were unbelievably boring in most of the elementary classes that I took and even junior high school was even worse. That what ends up happening is they would have put me on these types of drugs also in order to calm me down. Let me explain to you how this works. In a developing brain, if you give them an amphetamine, it slows their brain process down. If you give us as an adult a, an amphetamine, it makes you hyper. Same thing with coffee. If you drink, if you give a kid a cup of coffee, it'll slow them down. And I remember when I was a child, my mom used to give me coffee. And, uh, you know, and we'd be, I'd, I mean, I was here, I'm five, six years old. I'm drinking coffee in the morning, which is kind of ridiculous, but I was. And, and it would, it would it actually calm me down. Now, she wasn't doing it because she thought it was going to be helpful for me as far as from a school standpoint. She was doing it because she didn't care if I drank coffee or not. I mean, she gave me my first beer when I was eight. I mean, that's kind of life I had, and I didn't like it, so I didn't want to try it anymore because they gave it to me hot because Germans like hot beer for some unknown reason. I have no idea why. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. And, you know, she used to have me light her cigarettes for her. You know, it's just it's kind of crazy stuff, you know, when you start dealing with these Europeans that come over here from Europe and they're trying to raise, you know, kids. And I remember one time I decided to have my own cigarette. I was like, as eight years old, I was smoke a cigarette. And, uh, you know, because she always had us light them anyhow, so what difference did it make? And I remember I went into the kitchen and the living room, and she wasn't in the house, and I lit, lit up the doggone cigarette like I had burned the house down. And I took a deep inhalation in it, and I started coughing and crying and screaming and falling on the floor. I about choked myself out, and I thought, this is crazy. I'm never doing it again. From that point forward, I guess I didn't have another – I had no inclination of ever lighting another cigarette for her. That wasn't her intent. Was it? Her intent was not aversion therapy. That was not the intent. I just figured out on my own at the age of eight, and then the beer at the age of eight. And then the coffee all the time. You think, well, gosh, Ted, it's not like the evidence of a misspent youth, uh, pretty much. You can't really sit there and try to defend that. But the reality was I remember one day I was like in sixth or seventh grade. I can't remember anymore. And I missed my coffee that morning. And, oh, my gosh, I got a caffeine withdrawal headache. Oh, here I'm addicted to caffeine and coffee at the age of like six or seven or eight or ten or whatever it was. And so I had this wicked headache all day. And so uh, finally, I, I, I came home, and I'm saying, I got an unbelievably bad headache. And then somebody said, did, you know, do you drink coffee? I said, yeah. And I said, but I didn't have any this morning. And they said, well, that's what's doing that. And what caffeine does, it causes constriction of the arterioles that feed the brain. 
the tiny little blood vessels. And when you don't have the caffeine like from coffee in the morning, that dilates up and that causes cranial pressure, giving you these really bad, you know, caffeine withdrawal headaches. So I learned very quickly that, you know, that I didn't want to do coffee. I really never started drinking coffee again after that headache session until I was in college. So it's one of those things. Now, am I suggesting that you give a child with a developing brain a cup of coffee in the morning to calm them down? Uh, well, yeah, I am actually. Yeah, okay. if you're the kid's hyper, I'd rather have them on coffee than I would on Ritalin or Adderall. <laughs> Just to be honest with you. At least you know it's not going to affect not going to affect brain development. You know, and so so yeah, I would do that. The same thing. Same thing is true with things like Sudafed. Now, I'm not, I would never recommend giving a child Sudafed. Don't do that. But the Sudafed does the same thing in the developing child. It slows them down, and also the Sudafed you know, in an adult makes them hyper. So it's a different thing as far as how brain chemistry works. So I would ask the people at the seminars, doesn't it make more sense to try, you know, getting these kids off the red dyes and the blue dyes and all these chemicals that can cause hyperactivity rather than putting them on morphine or a Schedule II drug? And everybody go, yeah, it does. And that's the kind of stuff we talk about on this show all the time. Now, still, we want you to realize that there are all kinds of natural alternatives, including giving a kid a cup of coffee, which I cannot believe I told you to do that, to calm them down and see how it works before you put them on Ritalin. Now, I'm not suggesting you give them coffee. I'm not doing that. Now, listen to me. Let me, let me phrase it again. I'm saying if you've got a kid that has hyperactivity and you can't get them to focus, it would be better to try coffee than it would a Schedule II drug. That's what I'm saying. Because I don't, I don't even – I have a coffee maker here that's what he gave me. I don't, even, I don't even have any coffee for it, I don't think. But, uh, you know, I still, have, I still have my stash of purple sticks. I can't believe I admitted to that. I, I, I got multiple cases and brought them home. And hopefully we're going to have those things up and running here pretty quick, hopefully by the, you know, the end of January. But this manufacturer is really dragging their feet, and we're kind of getting frustrated with them. But the product is tasting pretty good, so that's been done now for over a month. And now we've got the packaging and the formulation, and the, they're getting the raws, and they're just dragging their feet as in most manufacturers on how they do things. By the way, I'm all caught up now on the emails. I kind of shamed myself the other day and said I hadn't caught up on it, so I did it all last night and tonight, today, this morning. So if you've been sending me to emails at AskDrTedB at Yahoo.com, I have answered all of them that required answering. A lot of you guys just send me links and you don't send me questions or you don't send me any comments. So I don't really respond to those. I just look at the links, and if I have time, I may watch them. But as far as the um, other comments, I've, I've taken care of all that. They're all caught up now. So just thought I'd mention that. Now, you know, I want to say something to you real quick, and this is, this is important here. You know, you know, what happened 100 years ago with the Weimar Republic? I was talking to a friend of mine, Richie, the other day, and I was talking to him about how my mom said when she was young, she was paying 40 billion German marks for one loaf of bread. You know, they were coming in with these huge denominations, these million-dollar marks, bills, and everything else. And they, it was so worthless that they were actually burning the German marks in their furnaces for paper to heat the houses because it costs so much more in German marks to buy firewood. It was cheaper to burn the money. And let me just give you some real quick things here. On November the 15th, 1923, decisive steps were taken to the end of the nightmare of the hyperinflation of the Weimar Republic. The Reichsbank, the German central bank, stopped monetizing government debt and a new means of exchange, the rent and mark, was issued. In other words, they issued new money. These measures succeeded in halting the hyperinflation, but the purchasing power of the paper mark was completely ruined. Now, you know, we need to understand since 1871, the market been the official money of the Deutsche Reich. With the outbreak of World War I, the gold redeemability of the mark was suspended on August the 4th, 1914. The goldback Reich mark or the gold mark was, as referred to from 1914, became the unbacked paper mark 
Initially, the Reich financed its war outlays in large part through issuing debt. Total public debt rose from $5.2 billion in paper market in 1914 to $105 billion in 1918. In 1914, the quantity paper mark was $5.9 billion. In 1918, it stood at $32 billion, 600% increase. From August the 19th to August to November the 18th, it had risen another 115%. And the new Weimar Republic faced tremendous economic and political challenges. Toward the end of 22, Germany was accused of having failed to deliver its reparation payments on time. And from May the 23rd, on a quantity of paperwork, started printing, spinning out of control because they started paying the debt off with inflated currency. Now, all of this stuff happened, and they had to issue the new money. Now, what can be learned from that German hyperinflation? The first lesson is that even a politically independent central bank does not provide a reliable protection against the destruction of paper money. This would be the Rothschild group again. The second lesson is that the fiat money simply won't work, and it always fails. Paper money introduced as ex nilo was injected into the economy through bank credit and is chronically inflationary. It also causes malinvestment. It causes boom and bust cycles and brings about situations as far as causing massive depression and recession and indebtedness of the people. So what they started doing is they started selling their paper to other countries in order to basically buy the debt. This is a problem because at that point in time, you can't go after the Rothschild banking cartel by itself for what they have done. You owe all the money to England or to Russia or to China or whatever on the selling of U.S. treasuries to finance the debt. And this is how they enslave the entire world, because at that point, the United States can't default on the debt or it'll cause World War Three, you know, with some other country. If you have hundred billion dollars or a trillion dollars in debt from the United States and the United States starts not to pay it anymore, it causes a massive problem. The Kabbalist international bankers knew this. That's why they spread the debt around all the different nations. Yesterday, I saw a really funny video. And, uh, you know, and I'm going to paraphrase what she said because it's kind of crude. She goes, this lady's this real pretty woman's on on this on the video. She's asking, it was a TikTok video. I need some help on finding out some information. She goes, how many other countries in the world, I've seen a list, basically tax the crap out of their people and then send the money to the United States? Yeah. And I thought, whoa. Boy, she's right. I've I've known that for years that we tax the crap out of our people here in the United States, and we have all this foreign aid to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars that we send out, probably over the aggregate trillions of dollars we send out if you look at places like Ukraine, et cetera, et cetera, and all the stuff that we've done as far as financing wars everywhere. Who does that other than us? Who does that as far as taxing our people to send financial aid to other countries now germany and a lot of the european union they've gotten involved now as far as sending money to the ukraine as far as with military armament etc etc because they're also controlled by the rothschild central banking cartels but who in the world does stuff like that and and that's what we need to think through who signed off on this mess who said this was okay what is i was i was talking the other day i think what is it with israel they get all this economic aid from us all the time to the equivalent of about $36,000 per person in Israel every single year. Now, the, the individuals in Israel don't get that money. The government does. But the point is, why are we doing this? The United States is fiscally insolvent. We're bankrupt. But yet we're still pumping money out hand over fist, you know, like they did in the Weimar Republic. For what reason to send to other countries? It doesn't make any sense to anybody, including me, that we're doing this. I mean, we can't even fix our own infrastructure. You know, our roads are a mess. Our bridges are a mess. You know, we're having to use toll roads now to get around because the other roads are such bad condition or the congestion is so bad on them here in central Florida. Why in the world is it okay for us to send trillions of dollars in foreign aid out as we 
borrow that money to send to other countries? Oh, well, that's not really a rhetorical question. I've got the answer for that. We control the governments of many different countries by the foreign aid. We control the elected officials. We control the people and the decision-making that they're making. And we have such a bad reputation of the world that we have to bribe our way back into prominence. Yeah, that's about what we do, right? How many – we've overthrown almost 60 to 100 different countries in the last 100 years you know, with our CIA and the Operation Condor and Operation Gladio. And so what we've done now is we've got all of these banana republics set up everywhere that we're monitoring running through our CIA, and we've got to grease the slides to keep these guys going to keep them in power. So we keep pumping more money, more money, more money into these different countries. Hence, we're in a situation where we're trying to run the planet and supply the money for the planet for the bribes that we're putting out. Look at Jeffrey Epstein. Over a thousand politicians were basically bribed and judges and elected officials in order to get what they want through Mossad. And think about this for a second, and why in the world have we never been given the name? They have the names. They've got the names of the thousand judges and elected officials that were bribed by Mossad, by Jeffrey Epstein and Jelaine Maxwell, in order to have sex with young girls or drugs or whatever they were doing. They've got that list, but we're not allowed to have that list. What is that all about, guys? I mean, what in the world is going on, and how in the world has this happened to us? It's because of the, the corruption. You know, what does it say? Money corrupts and absolute money corrupts absolutely. Same as power. And that, that's what we see. So I wanted to kind of mention that this morning going into this to try to make you guys think through what happened with the Weimar Republic and 40 billion marks for dollars for a loaf of bread. And in that level, but it's seven, it's seven bucks for a dozen eggs now, which is insanity for a dozen organic eggs. Here's an interesting article from the wine press. It says Japanese scientists are now using soy compounds to turn male catfish and sturgeon 100% female. Yeah, soy, my great nemesis. The 2021 study has recently begun to go viral. Which research in Japan were able to transgender a biological male catfish into a female with the use of soybean compounds. The study conducted at Kindle University's Aquacultural Research Institute and located in the Shangyu province. I can't, I can't pronounce these words. It's in China, which appears to be disappeared from the public record database on their website. Document how the use of compound found a soybean called isoflavone, which can mimic the effects of female estrogens, was used to transform male catfish into females. The Japanese paper, the Malanchi, did, however, report on the results of this study and the purpose of it on May the 27th, 2021. The paper wrote, a team of researchers in Japan has succeeded in making catfish all female with a compound found in soybeans, a development that promises to increase the production and the efficiency of this and other species whose females are more valuable than males of the food market. You know, when I stop here and I look at this and I realize the soy turned little boys into little girls, I wrote this article 20 years ago. The answer is still yes. You can't take a developing fetus that needs hormones such as testosterone develop into a male and put estrogen into the, the soy into that developing fetus in utero while it's inside of its mother and not have that child become a transgender or become an hermaphrodite or actually get born in some cases with both sex organs. Just thought I'd mention that or massively reduced size of their appendages. It, you have to have hormones in order to have proper gestational development. When a child is in you, all, all mammals are basically conceived female. It's the Y chromosome of the male, that, that this is from the sperm, that tells the mother to produce testosterone from her ovaries and her adrenal glands 
to create secondary sexual characteristics. Now, cover your ears of your kids right now. It's important. You know, they don't need to hear this right now. But the clitoris becomes a penis. The ovaries become testicles. That's how it works from testosterone. If you dump a bunch of exogenous estrogen into the food supply and have this woman who's pregnant do this, estrogen is antagonistic to testosterone. And what ends up happening is that child then becomes an hermaphrodite or becomes gay because the left brain dominated male hemisphere becomes a right brain dominated female hemisphere. And we see this over and over and over again where these young boys are born like this and they had no idea or they didn't ask for this. This is what happens to them because of the hormones. And they knew this when they started putting the best phenol A into the food supply and all the rest of this stuff back in the 40s and the 50s. They knew what they were doing. It was done on purpose to demasculinize, if that's a real word, you know, the United States men's population. That's why we have all these men now running around acting like a bunch of little sissy boys. And it's like this is crazy, but, they, but but this is who they this is what they've done. They've made the men into little sissy boys because they don't want the same guys that we've talked about that were able to load into a landing craft on the beaches of Normandy and storm the, the beaches of France, you know, running around making decisions. This is part of the culture. They want the they want the females back in charge. They want the witches back in charge. And I'm not saying that all females are witches. Don't don't twist that up like that. That's not what I'm saying. But this is the agenda, this hermaphroditic agenda, and this is why all these women have got into these school boards that are really are real witches, and they're, and they're trying to run everything, and they, they become so dominant because the men are such wussies now. And, and, I, and I'm in this crazy dating thing now, right, which is really something. I'm doing things, going out with people I don't want to do and all this crazy stuff because you know, my wife has passed away. But I've learned a lot in the last year and a half, and here's what I've learned is that a lot of ladies now are really upset because they can't find any men who are men, right? And a lot of men are really upset because they can't find women that are ladies. Yeah, it's just the whole thing's messed up. The, the entire culture has got twisted upside down now because of the Frankfurt School and cultural Marxism and all the rest. And then you throw into this, the churches aren't teaching true male leadership. When's the last time they had a church that has a, that had a campground where they go out and teach the boys how to shoot guns? I'm just asking. I'm sure there are some, a few of them, you know, or, or even bow and arrow. I mean, when, when do we have camp, camps like this? And now the kids are wrapped up in their doggone iPhones and their iPads. And the other crazy part about this is, is the culture has changed to the point now where a lot of people don't really think there's a problem with being by you know, transgender or, or bisexual and all the rest of this stuff. And we see this, you know, and it's, and it's not something we talk about. But I see an article like this come out and say Japanese scientists use soy compounds to turn male catfish and sturgeon fish into 100% female. And I realized they did the same thing with soy with human beings, with soy milk. You know, and, and all the soy and these ifoflavones, all these different things they put into all of these formulas and all these soy proteins and everything else, which cause gynomastia in men, giving them breast tissue and large breasts. And I, and I see it over and over and over again. I stop and I shake my head and I think, why is it that you know other podcasts don't talk about this? I'm just just making a comment here. Where 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 are the other podcasts who talk about Jesus and who talk about God and who talk about the energy field that permeates the entire universe and they, who talk about how you can reconcile quantum mechanics with Christianity and how it all fits together because Jesus holds it all together? You know, where's the other podcast talking about that? I'm just asking that question. But yeah, this, this, podcast, this podcast is huge, and we have a lot of people listening, and thank you for that. Thank you for all your wonderful letters I answered last night and this morning, too. I, I just, I'm just to the point now where I just wonder 
what's going to happen to the United States? Are we going to really go into the ash heap of history? Or are we going to be able to stand this against this thing like a bulwark? And the more I see the younger generation, and I associate with different people from different age groups, and you're like, what happened to you guys? And, and, I, and I have you guys call me up and send me texts. You know, for the first time, you know, I've got a, I'm walking with God, and I'm walking with Christianity, and I'm walking with Jesus, and I realize how important it is. And a lot of you have said it because, listen, angel wars. And, and thank you, because, guys, we have a plan here that's been put in place by God Almighty. He told us how to fix everything and how to do it right. Yesterday, I talked about men's relationships with women relationships and, you know, and sexual relationships and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, it's just – and when you, when you get into that – I had, by the way, I had a bunch of guys give me high fives on that show yesterday. I haven't had any women really comment on it, but it's the truth. I mean why in the world are we in a situation where we are like this? Why can't men talk about real men's stuff? Why can't pastors talk about what we talk about on this show from the pulpit? I'm just asking that question. This is a rhetorical question because I know the answer to it. But I mean, but why in the world can't they do it? Well, I'll answer the question, even though it's rhetorical. It makes people leave because a certain percentage of the people are going to get all mad. I mean, I start talking about you know women who worship cats and women who worship dogs, and same thing, men who worship cats and men who worship dogs, and and I get emails from people that are mad because you know they're the ones that are out there worshiping the cats and the dogs. They make them idols, and I'm like, wait a minute. Dog's not important. The cat's not more important than your family. What the heck, man? What is this? And see, this is what we need to understand. You know, there's nothing wrong with pets. I, you know, I'd keep the cat outside because of toxoplasmosis. I'm going to wash my hands if I touch the thing. Of course, you don't know how to feel about cats, but I'm not going to go into that. But the dogs are okay. I love dogs. I went over to uh, Orlando yesterday, and I was in a security line, and someday somebody had a little cute little bulldog, and it was only 10 weeks old. And I said, may I? Pet little bulldogs. This cheering my pet. And they said, "Thank you so much for asking." And I said, "Well, yeah." I said, "I'm real funny about that." I remember with kids, I have I have the kids in a stroller, and somebody would want to come up and touch them. You know, oh, let me see the little baby. No, stop! Don't touch my child. I don't know where your hands have been. Stop it! And I and so it's just weird to me how people have gotten so you know so strange, and how people are basically. Only thinking about themselves, lovers of themselves, like it says in the Bible, boastful, proud, arrogant, you know, all the rest of it. So, guys, listen to me. Walk with Jesus. Walk with Jesus circumspectly. I was able to take somebody else through the sinner's prayer yesterday and had them accept Christ. I was able, I was able to do that yesterday because I told them what Jesus has done for us. And they said the day they, they text me and they said, I can't believe how good I feel, the peace that I have. I prayed to be infused with the Holy Spirit. Now, see, listen to me. Are we all supposed to be doing that? Shouldn't the conversation kind of end up with who's Jesus and why we're here? It does for me all the time. <laughs> I love you guys. Austin, what do you think of what's your next story? Oh, you're spot on, bud. And that's one of the main issues that we're running into all the time now is that a lot of people don't want to discuss things, especially from the pulpit, especially on a lot of you know alternative media shows. Just don't want to bring certain topics up. Don't want to, you know ruffle any feathers. Everybody just wants to make sure everybody gets along all the time. And one of the biggest things that I've continually told people, especially over the years, is be very careful with the social media platforms, especially with the younger children. You know, the state of New Mexico now is filing massive lawsuit on the social media giant Meta, which is, you know, pretty much the 
branch, the umbrella of Facebook and Instagram, et cetera. And they've also filed a lawsuit against Mark Zuckerberg for knowingly exposing children to sexual exploitation and mental health harm. The court filing, New York's attorney general office revealed that it conducted an undercover investigation. Listen to this. This is the New Mexico attorney general. They conducted an undercover investigation creating fake accounts of minors, minors, which then were used to fish for offending content, according to the press release. Meta and its CEO tell the public that Meta's social media platforms are safe and good for kids, reads the lawsuit. The reality is far different. Meta knowingly exposes children to the twin dangers of sexual exploitation and mental health harm. Meta's conduct has turned New Mexico children who are on its platform into victims. Meta's motive for doing so is profit. Guys, this is I'm reading the lawsuit right now for the Attorney General of New Mexico. This is not a joke. This is why I've told you guys so many times to keep the young kids off social media. Meta is being accused of allowing Facebook and Instagram to become a marketplace for predators in search of children among whom they prey. This is crazy, guys. I mean, this is right here in the, the in the lawsuit. Our investigation into Meta's social media platforms demonstrates that there are not safe places for children, but rather prime locations for predators to trade child pornography and solicit minors for sex, says the New Mexico Attorney General Raul Torres in the press release. As a career prosecutor who specialized in internet crimes against children, I'm committed to using every available tool to put an end to these horrific practices, and I will hold companies and their executives accountable whenever they put profits ahead of children's safety. And you can, I'll, I'll put the link on here so you guys can read the entire thing with the attorney general. It's interesting. He's a Democrat, by the way. And so what's crazy about this is, is it's not like this stuff is being hidden. It's not like nobody knows about this anymore. It's not like this is some you know obscure thing that a lot of people haven't researched or heard about. It's blatantly right in front of our faces now. And so if you knowingly and willfully continue to allow, especially young children, I mean like single-age children, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, to get involved with these social media platforms, and you're just allowing it, and you're allowing them to have open access to the internet, you are opening them up to an enormous amount of problems in the future and quite frankly, compromising their safety. I mean, we see now all the time with the platforms now that track your locations and track where your destination is and track your microphone and your uh, your um, your camera, all these things, you open access to them and they can be hacked on a regular basis. Not to mention, now they're saying right here in this lawsuit that essentially Facebook and Instagram is being used on the back end for child pornography and child exploitation. So again, guys, I just want to bring this to everybody's attention. I know this is a really weird topic. It's not a cool topic to talk about, but at the end of the day, it needs to be addressed because these things are not going away. They're actually getting much worse with the internet expanding the way it is right now and with so many people now figuring out these perverted loopholes, I guess you could say, to exploit these social media platforms to get involved with things that are unbelievably sadistic. And if for some odd reason, you know what? I guess we know why. They always end up going after the children. You know, this is why they've done it in the school system. Dad was talking earlier about the issues with hormones, especially with young children in utero and what's happening now with this transgender trend. But what's happening is now not only are these kids being exposed to this in utero with the BPA and soy and all this other crazy compounds, but then it's like they're born, and then by the time they're four or five years old, before they even have a concept of reality – 
I mean, these kids are they're living in a fantasy world at four or five years old before they even have a concept of reality. They're being force fed this absolutely perverted indoctrination in the mainstream media and in the school system every single day, multiple hours a day. And parents are wondering why their kids are coming home at six, seven, eight years old. And they're telling, you know, little Jimmy saying, hey, my name's Sarah now. I'm now a girl. I want to go to the doctor. I, I need to be changed into a girl. And the parents are going, what are you talking about? You're, you're a boy. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you don't know. I've, I've been taught the last two or three years. They've, they've been telling me I'm, I'm a girl. I want to be a girl now. I want to go on, you know, puberty blockers. I want to go on cross-sex hormones. I'm, I'm ready to do this. And these kids have no idea of what's going on. They're, they're literally living in this fantasy world that is, has no concept of reality or consequences. And yet these individuals that are behind the scenes are doing this blatantly right in front of them. You know, when I was talking to our friends over the weekend that came by, they're in real estate. And, you know, we were talking about, they were asking us about, you know, the school system. And I told them about the um, homeschool co-op that we use and basically the private tutors and teachers, retired teachers that are working with the kids and so forth. And I told them, I said, what's crazy about it is, is there's so much wasted time in the public school system. I said, it's all about mind control and controlling the narrative for these young kids. So they just, you know, they get up first thing in the morning. What do they do? You know, they're at school by 7 a.m. in some cases all day long. They're just up and down, up and down, up and down, continually being taught, you know, common courts, critical race theory, this transgender perversion. And they're being indoctrinated into this system that's essentially telling them this is how you do it. This is the only way you're going to do it. This is the box you have to fit in. And there's no concept of actually allowing these kids to blossom and expand under their own mind. And that's what I told, you know, our friends, I said, this is what we've done so well with this homeschool co-op is, you know, we really, really try to make sure that a, the time is used wisely. And I said, they only have school like four days a week. They don't even have to have school on Fridays. They knock everything out the first four days out of the week. And it's great. So we can go on a three-day weekend you know, trip if we want to. They have more free time. They can go explore and do other things. And I said – and then, you know, they were laughing at me. They said, yeah, dude. As far as joking, they said, yeah. They said, we remember high school. They said it was like a giant waste of time. Everything was just a waste of time. It was just waste, waste, waste every year. And I said, that's exactly right. That's what they want. And that's why at the very least we've talked about looking to doing dual enrollment. With your teenagers, if they're in high school, you can go to the local community college. You can do dual enrollment. They can start taking college classes and get high school credits and college credits at the same time. And in most cases, they can get the state to pay for it if they're in high school still. I mean it's it's like the ultimate hack that's available in majority of most states, and a lot of people don't even know about it. And again, sometimes they're still going to have to deal with a lot of garbage, I guess you could say, at the community college. I'm not saying that's going to be, you know, the best education platform as far as not having a bunch of indoctrination. But what I'm saying is there's so many different concepts, but yet so many people have been trained to stay in the box. Don't question anything outside the box. Continue to stay right where you are. And that's one of the reasons why we continue on this show to bring up the truth, to bring up topics, to bring up the questioning of the narrative and continue to get the truth out there on a regular basis. Also to another news, this is interesting. More information is coming out now about the lawsuit in Texas as far as that is going against Pfizer and this giant class action lawsuit with the pharmaceutical uh, company with biotech as well, 
with the COVID-19 vaccine. And they said what's interesting now is that she explains Karen Kingston is a biotech analyst and former Pfizer employee who says Texas AG Ken Paxton's recent lawsuit is charging Pfizer for many lies about their COVID-19 vaccine being safe and effective. What's interesting, Kingston contends this is going to be a great awakening to the murders and diseases caused by these injections. This is wild. I'll I'll post a link on here. You guys can look at this. And she explains that what they're doing now is they want to expose the lies that Pfizer told everybody, including specifically CEO Albert Borla, and essentially the campaign he went on and the line spree he went on telling everyone that essentially this was safe and effective. And everything about this shot was 95% effective at protecting you and preventing you from getting it preventing you from transmitting it. But that was the entire lie that came out from the beginning. And she goes on to say here, she goes, this could be up to $350 billion in fines for Pfizer, and they cannot get out of this by going bankrupt. This is a scandal, and this is unlawful, and this is illegal what they did. Now, granted, we already know Pfizer, so they're not going to go – they're not going to go quietly into the night with this. And I've told you guys before, the literally – dozens of lawsuits that they've been wrapped up in over the last few decades for just criminal activity on a regular basis and presenting products that don't work and are extremely deadly. So this is something that, again, I'm going to keep following. I'm going to keep getting the information out there to you guys, and I'll put the links so you guys can read about it. And what she said here in details is crazy. Is She said this was experimental biotechnology pathogens. This stuff was never intended to be tested on human beings. This stuff was essentially research concepts from DARPA. She was in the detail with this on here. This stuff was never meant to ever be rolled out for human clinical trials, much less be rolled out to billions of people across the entire planet. This is experimental biotechnology. And, you know, it's crazy to me because we talked about this when it first came out and we tried to get the information out there. And so many people listened. So many people got the truth out there. But yet so many people continue to just go along the lines and say, hey, you know, I don't really know anything about it, but I'm just going to go along with it. And now, you know, the more I talk to people, the more nobody's wanting to go along with this. And, you know, the uptake of this new booster shot they've rolled out has been minimal from what I've seen. It may have the numbers may have gone up more, but from the last numbers that I've seen, they've been abysmal at best. And that's a good thing. We're going to continue to keep the truth going out there and continue to make sure people are questioning the narrative because this is something that, you know, they're going to keep pushing on a regular basis and keep trying to control what people can think and what they can say. Another truly bizarre study by psychologists from the University of Geneva in Switzerland is looking at ways to inoculate the public against what they call climate disinformation. We go back to this new, you know, oh, my gosh, we have this new horrific event coming on called, you know, climate change. And they said here that the psychological inoculation strategies to fight climate disinformation across 12 countries was published on November 30th. The authors looked to diagnose what is causing what they term anti-science belief formation and present strategies to combat the disbelief of the supposed settled science of climate change induced by mankind. The study's abstracts makes dubious claims about climate change debate. We go on to say here, Decades after the scientific debate about the causes of climate change were settled, climate disinformation still causes the scientific evidence and still challenges the scientific evidence of public discourse, the study declares. And it goes on to essentially say the science is settled. We know we're having climate change. We know we have all these issues and we need to go to net zero carbon emissions to the entire globe or else essentially the world is going to collapse. 
Now, what's ironic about this concept is we heard this all the way going back to the year 2000. If you guys remember with Al Gore and the concepts that they came out and said, oh, no, everything's going to fall apart. Everything by 2000. Oh, everything by 2012. Remember the Mayan calendar and the climate change. Everything was going to collapse by 2012. And that came and went. And you continually see these emergencies, alleged emergencies that they roll out on a continual basis to keep people controlled and fearful and subdued. And this is why they're pushing this change now. This is a big one because this is something that they're going to keep pushing. And until the American population really starts standing up, heck, the global population really starts standing up. And we talked about it yesterday, the hypocrisy with the amount of emissions these private jets use with all these these alleged you know, climate change supporters that are flying around the country to all these different events to talk about how bad climate change is and how everybody needs to essentially eat crickets and use candles and drive electric cars only a few miles a month and everybody just needs to be in squalor and that's that it'll save the planet that way well they fly around on their gulfstream 750s all over the country all over the world and you know we talked about it yesterday and, you know i don't care about private jets i don't care about private planes i think a lot of them are cool you know i've flown in a few friends private planes before and you know they're really fun the thing that i have the biggest problem with is when you have people that are doing and using those and then they're turning around and telling you you shouldn't even be able to drive a car you need to you need to be driving a little electric scooter everywhere that gets 50 mile range and we'll let you know when you can charge it up if you say anything about what we're doing we're going to prevent you from charging your little scooter and then we're going to make sure you don't get your monthly allocation of crickets if you say anything about what we're doing that, guys, that doesn't flow with me. That goes right back to King George and the tyranny that we escaped from England and why we started this country. The ability to speak freely, the ability to travel freely, and the ability to live freely. Those are all concepts that were built around the Constitution in the United States of America. And the problem is you look back generation, 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 you know, tyrant, tyrant, tyrant. It's always the same story. It's just a different book. You always have individuals that want to control the large mass of individuals. You always have a few people that want to control everything. And the truth is the only way it stops is when the mass majority, the mass of people decide we're not going to take this anymore. We're not going to go along with this. We're going to continue to stand up strong. We're going to continue to keep our head up high and we're going to continue to push back and live freely and that's what people really have to start understanding and one of those biggest things to do that is making sure you're healthy and strong and your mindset and your body is adequate for what it needs to accomplish and what it needs to essentially get ready for in the near future and that's what we continually talk about on this show and we continue to bring about the highest quality supplements in the world in my opinion at healthmasters.com so i thank you again for the support and getting the truth out there what do you think dad what's your next story you know, Austin, the the whole thing is crazy to me, you know, as far as what's happening here, as far as, you know, all media and inability to tell the truth in all media. I mean, it really is. And I could tell you names of multiple people that I know personally that have been co-opted and they were used to not be, but they are now. And they're becoming CIA mouthpieces. And it's the same thing. It's the, you know, it's the war propaganda. It's the end of the world propaganda. It's the same thing as the fear porn propaganda, which you guys, you never hear me talk about that stuff. You know, here, here's how I look at it. Let's say the earth blows up. I mean, let's say it does. Let's say it does. Let's say the earth blows up and it's gone in the next three seconds. Yeah. You think worrying about that's going to make a bit of difference? I'm just asking the question. You get to go to heaven, you know, quick. 
I mean, so what? I mean, it's, you know, we're not going to get off the planet alive anyhow unless Christ comes back. You know, it pulls us up. That's all we can do. Uh, you know, and, and decides, you know, rule and reign with us while we're here. I mean, that's all we can, that's the only thing we can do. It is just basically have the ability to. So getting all fearful about stuff is ridiculous. The fear is the mind killer. Fear is the spirit killer. And when these alt media companies and these manuf- and these these alt media hosts are getting so caught up in the fear. All the time, it's fear. World War Three, World War Three, World War Three. Does it's going to be World War Three? They don't want it. They're not going to be nuking us. You know, we may have a World War Three that's a, you know limited to you know battlefield and other kind of stuff like that. But nobody's nobody's, nobody's nuking the planet. It's not going to happen. The entities that rule the planet don't want it nuked. It messes up the uh, energy field too much. They don't want us to do that. And so they they've stopped all that. I mean, how much nuclear testing are we still doing? We already know how to set off a nuclear bomb. So why would you do any of that stuff? And then you got to ask yourself about these evangelicals. And I'm a Christian. You guys know that, obviously. I mean, you guys are probably all Christian listening to the show, too. Or if you weren't, you are now. But, you know, are evangelicals ready to follow the Zionist Armageddon? This is an interesting article from Zero Hedge. And I'm going to read you part of this. It says, for all the people who want the end of days to come sooner rather than later, just find a church where the author, Dr. Mike Evans, speaks. He'll be the first to tell a congregation of 500 or more that bombing Iran is the only way to save Israel. The former U.S., the former 700 Club superstar, warmonger, claims America can only avert Armageddon by starting it. No, really, the congregations out there seem fully ready for the big ride to begin. Even latest report, Evans' latest report on the Jerusalem Post entitled America Needs to Bomb Iran, reeks of Zionist hatred for the Sunni and Shia Muslims. Evans and his benefactors make sure every good Christian is a card-carrying Arab hater, Russian hater, China hater, and bigot against everyone and everything that is not the interest of Israel. Good Christians are expected to applaud the Zionists blasting babies in their homes and their moms out of the sky and burying them beneath a hundred tons of rubble in Gaza. And we're supposed to say, good for that. We're Christians. That's all happy, happy. The man labeled as a devout American Christian Zionist leader appears frequently on Fox, et cetera. Of course he does. NBC, you know, all these different places. And why? Because the same groups that own Israel on our media, and they want to promote this type of nonsense. Looking at the powerful propagandists who run interference for the Zionists, isn't an interesting number of Jewish owners that control these media conglomerates. But the two owners, not of Zionist persuasion, certainly have to love, have no love lost on the American people or Greeks on that matter. The recently part of Pat Robertson of the 700 Club harped on bombing Iran for decades and often broadcast from Israel during the height of the Christian broadcast network success. The show is a bastion of so-called Judeo-Christian belief, which is an oxymoron, the underpinnings of unrealistic Christian support for Israel, no matter what, is such is, is a much deeper topic. However, readers might want to look at the Hudson Institute. Now, I'm not going to read any more of this because it's kind of a long article, but you guys need to read this article. I'm going to have it posted at Health Masters and look at it and, and just ask yourself a question. What the heck are we doing as Christians? Why are we promoting Armageddon? Why do we want this to happen? It's, it's, it's really kind of... It's kind of silly when you stop and look at it because it's crazy. Now, here's an interesting thing, too. Let's talk about slavery. This is a quote you know, by Thomas Sowell, and he says, more whites were brought as slaves to North Africa than blacks brought as slaves to the United States or to the 13 colonies from which it was formed. White slaves were still being bought and sold in the Ottoman Empire for decades after blacks were freed in the United States. This is a black historian, Thomas Sowell, S-O-W-E-L-L. And I'm going to post this article, this, this, this meme also, on the website. Now, think through it. A lot of whites were brought into the United States as indentured servants. They had to do seven years of slavery in the United States and work in the colonies 
for their passage across the ocean, for it to be set up, et cetera, et cetera. All of this stuff is being buried in the ash heap of history because they don't want us to know that. They don't want to have any idea, any idea of what we're supposed to be doing. You know, here's another article by Paul, and he says, unintended consequences of Israel's assault on Palestine. According to the Zionist propaganda, Hamas is a collection of evil beasts. How do we reconcile this propaganda with the excellent condition of the Israeli women and children hostages released by Hamas? Despite the Israeli devastation of Gaza and the murder of Palestinian women and children, Hamas has obtained a victory of sorts. Netanyahu's vicious attack on civilians exposed the underbelly of the apartheid Zionist state. It is no longer possible for Israel's apologists to maintain that Israel can do no wrong, except for the American evangelicals who are being pushed this lie through the Schofield Reference Bible. For decades, Israel has been slowly but surely squeezing Palestinians out of Palestine. The world has tolerated it, in part because the Zionist violence was limited in time and extent, and the impossible situation of papered over with talk about a two-state solution, but this time the violence is unlimited and has the declared aim of emptying the Palestine, Palestine of Palestinians with Gazans driven into the tent cities in Egypt's Sinai Desert. It's not another case of emptying one specific village on the West Bank for a limited incursion into Gaza. This time the world is facing the declared Zionist agenda of genocide. This makes a problem for the Western governments that pretend to support human rights and to deplore war crimes. It only is a problem for American evangelicals known as Christian Zionists. Genocide is not something that can be reconciled with the teachings of Jesus, and the evangelicals have to decide between worshiping Israel and worshiping Jesus. I'm going to repeat this. This is one of the best lines I've ever heard Paul Craig Roberts say. Now, everybody, zone back in with me for a second. The evangelicals have to decide between worshiping Israel and worshiping Jesus. Wow, that's strong. A consequence of Washington's wars for Israel in the Middle East is that Western countries are now the homes of millions of Muslim refugees take, you know, who hate basically the West and what's happened with Palestine. This would introduce us into the Western countries, counter prevailing power at the street level to the Zionist lobby that focuses on controlling the governments through Jeffrey Epstein and through Mossad and through Israel. You can't walk away from that one. Western governments now have a new element of instability to manage, and the consequence could be a less-than-one-sided stance toward Israel. Not all Israel is Zionist, yet Netanyahu has minority support. The outcome could be different for Israel than Netanyahu and the U.S. conservatives' allies intend. Wow, this is incredible. Now, here's another one that's pretty good, too, that he wrote. Civilization has disintegrated. All civilization has disintegrated, not just Western civilization. The fact is obvious from the entire world sitting and watching and perhaps entertaining and, and the, perhaps as entertainment as Romans watched death in the Colosseum, the genocide of Gaza. The moral democratic U.S. government rushes more bombs and money to enable Israel's genocide of Palestine. European governments call the genocide Israel's right of self-defense. Okay, I'm sure they machine gun little women and children. That's really important. Uh, Christian Zionists justify genocide in Christ's name. In Europe, those who moral conscience gives drives them to protest are arrested. In a free and democratic UK, waving a Palestinian flag gets you arrested. The Muslim world does nothing, displaying its total impotence and lack of self-respect. And the rushes of the Chinese sit there and allow the U.S. and Israel to remake the Middle East of their own interests and development that will increase the power of evil. That's because I'm going to confuse this because the Russians and the Chinese are also controlled by the central banks that control Israel and the United States. 
for those of us mindful of the achievements of Western civilization, as well as its blemishes and crimes to experience the complete evaporation of moral consciousness in the Western world is devastating. That's another good line. To experience the complete evaporation of moral consciousness in the Western world is devastating. The West is not merely permitting this to happen. The West is openly participating in the evil, for evil is what it is. The Israeli Jews portray themselves as victims and they destroy, as they destroy the lives of others. The Israeli Jews who complain of suffering a holocaust, holocaust are now conducting their own holocaust. Things have been turned upside down. Evil is good and good is evil. Moral conscience is a part of the world. Israel announces the expansions of ground operations to all of Gaza and bombs refugee camps. And it never ends as the continual struggle of the world against the synagogue of Satan. The Kabbalist Luciferian synagogue of Satan network continues as we proclaim Jesus, the real Jesus, and these other guys are proclaiming Jesus wants to kill everybody. What the heck's wrong with these people? God came because he loved us so much. He gave himself to us through Jesus to die for us because he loved us so much so that we would have to live in bitterness and hatred and envy and fighting. We could walk and love one with another. What in the world happened to our churches? And why are they doing what they do and promoting this nonsense? And why won't some of them wake up? I'm sure some of them have. But it's for me and Austin and this show. We're going to serve the Lord God Almighty. And we're going to serve Jesus. For in the end, every tongue shall confess and every knee shall bow that Jesus Christ is Lord. I love you guys a lot. And I appreciate you. Austin, finish it up. That was well said, bud. You're absolutely right. You know, when stuff doesn't make sense and you want to be able to question certain narratives, or question certain events, you have the right to do so. And as I've said dozens of times on this show, anytime something occurs and you can't ask a question, you can't address what's going on, you can't question any narrative, and you're told this is the only thing you're allowed to believe, the only thing you're allowed to support, you got to start questioning everything about it at that point. Also, to another news, this is funny as it just continues to reiterate what I talked about for years now, and including at the public school board meeting in the public uh, uh, in 2021 with the kids and masks. Another study has come out now. In Nordic countries like Sweden and Finland, they've come out now and shown that a review published in the BM journal, BMJ Journal on December 2nd investigated the effectiveness of wearing face masks in children during COVID-19. Out of the 22 studies analyzed, 16 reported no effect of mask wearing on infection or transmission whatsoever. A Spanish study of nearly 600,000 children failed to find any significant difference in the number of infections between the masked and unmasked, review said. Another study by the CDC, remember when this came out, it found that there was no significant association between mask mandates for children and pediatric COVID-19 cases. Hospitalization and mortality rates among unmasked kids were also on the lower side. In Sweden, only 15 kids from almost 2 million were hospitalized in the spring of 2020, despite schools not requiring face masks. No child died from COVID-19 whatsoever. In Finland, no child death was reported, even though none of the children below the age of 10 to 12 wore masks. In New York public schools with 1 million students on enrollment, the transmission rate during the Delta variant period was estimated to be only 0.5%. However, the harm that comes from masking children is far greater and far more significant than this virus was that's floating around or was floating around or whatever they cooked up in the lab, period. We've seen now all types of issues from speech 
to, to basically depression, to communication, to health problems, to basically bacterial pneumonia. The list goes down long as far as how many problems do we've seen now associated with continual mask wearing, especially in the younger group of these kids that have no formal medical training with protective equipment whatsoever, zero training. And yet you were telling five and six and seven year olds they had to keep a diaper on their face essentially all day long. If they took it off, they essentially got reprimanded. It was one of the most horrific things you could ever do to a younger generation and a younger population for their psyche, and their mental health and their overall physical health and well-being. And that's why we push so hard to get this mandate dropped in the public school system down here in Polk County. And we did. And the sad part about it was many other states, many other counties around the country continue to push this narrative. And so, again, you see the truth continues to come to light. You just have to dig for it and you have to look for it. And that's why I said before, anytime somebody starts telling you that you have to do something and it makes no sense whatsoever, question it. Because usually after a period of time, you'll find out you're probably right for questioning the narrative. So continue to get the truth out there, my friends. Thank you for the support of Health Masters. If you need anything, you know where to get a hold of us. Healthmasters.com, 1-800-726-1834, the B-Complex product of the week. You voted. It won over 11% off discount right now. One of our most popular formulas that we have on the website, our methylated B-Complex, right now on the website on sale. So be sure to check it out. Take advantage of it right now as product of the week. And be sure to check out any of the other sales and specials we have right now, including the Maximum Energy Kit as well on the front webpage for over 10% off. I appreciate you, my friends. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs>